Stephanie Bell. I am joined by guest host Mike Murphy of Como Buzz this morning. Good morning. And of course, we've got producer Hannah. Hello. And John Marsh. Good morning. And we are glad to welcome back into the show uh, the Scott Fawn with the Missouri Times. It's been a couple weeks, Scott. Yes, ma'am. A couple busy weeks in Missouri politics. <laughs> that's our fault, not yours. But we're glad you are back with us. Now, we were talking some shade on St. Louis earlier because they can't get it together and they want you to take a Polar Express ride by a bunch of trash um, and pay good Wasn't money that for incredible? it. incredible? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the next day, Andy Banker from Fox, the Fox affiliate there was out doing just a, a remote about some non-controversial issue. And some dude pulls up and starts shooting him with a pellet gun. Really? I mean, it, it really is. I mean, Beirut, St. Louis, take your pick. I'm not sure which is the most dangerous. Well, what else is going on there that has your, you cause, has given you cause for concern? Well, I tell you, it was a story that you and Brian were talking about, I guess about a month ago, about some folks from St. Louis came over to here and thought this was St. Louis and you could just shoplift and no problem. And the Jeff City Police threw out the uh, popular tires things on the road. And, and, I, and just maybe want to follow up on that. I was thinking about Black Friday and Law and Order Log Thompson, here the Cole County prosecutor, has laid the law down on those folks. And they put out a press release that was pretty, very direct that this isn't St. Louis, we don't tolerate that here. And he's followed up. I've been kind of impressed. Did you see that story? After after the initial press release, it kind of died down. But he's been on top of that. I, it's been impressive to me to see. And I think that's probably the right signal to send. If you're going to do that silliness, Cole County is not the place to do it. Take it somewhere else. And really, our decisions about law enforcement, whether we charge people, whether we you know continue down that path and prosecute people, I mean, that is a message to, fo- to folks. And I think they do pay attention. And there is talk. And these cities that are just letting people in to steal hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise uh we just see those places closing up shop and that's not what we want here in mid-missouri i know we celebrated small business saturday uh this last saturday and i I think there are a ton of folks out shopping um and that's really what we are i think trying to preserve oh that's such a great part about downtown jefferson city is all the stores and and i and you're right part of that is those stores operate on margins that can't have a bunch of shoplifting and kudos to Locke and the, and the police for making that clear. But also, I loved your talk about the pardons. Mike Parson is not going to have credit for this. Honestly, Donald Trump doesn't get enough credit for this. He started, it, before it was uh, a little bit taboo for a Republican governor to issue pardons. Jay Nixon, part of his law and order message as far as governor, was he, he, he didn't issue a lot of pardons. Eric Rydens didn't spend a lot of minutes on the job as governor anyway, so this is just another thing that didn't get done. <laughs> But Mike Parson has really come in, and, and what a testament to Trump, what a testament to Governor Parson for taking these seri- these, these applications seriously, going through, vetting them, and, and having the confidence, and just the, it takes a man to issue a pardon. And he's just, I mean, the old sheriff's confident confident of himself. Anybody thinks he's not law and order is just, is just being ridiculous. But going through and issuing these pardons thoughtfully, a lot of times there's crimes that, that don't really fit the The system is made to, for everybody. There's a lot of times there's situations that this really don't fit, that it's not fair. It's not, justice is also giving mercy. And I, I think there's a, there's a real, real great story that I'm glad the AP told about the pardons and the thoughtfulness that he's doing. Hopefully whoever replaces him will use the same thoughtfulness in that pardon process. And again, you can say what you will about Trump. There were some very good things he did, and part of it was this this is something that started at the national level of Trump taking a look at some of these cases and freeing people or, or commuting sentences or, or wiping away records of folks who probably deserved it. Good for them. 
Scott, we appreciate you joining us live uh, in in uh, bringing up some very interesting points as well. I want to. I know a lot of people. People are interested in the uh, the politics and stuff, and I'm obviously we're covering that. But there's a there's an event this Friday that goes beyond politics. And for people who haven't been there uh, in Jefferson City, they have no idea how big this thing is. It's called the Downtown Living Windows. It'll be uh, Friday in oh, Je- yeah. in Jefferson City. Thousands of people, Scott. That's not only big for the uh, the governor's mansion. The governor will be there. It's big for the shops as well. What can you tell us about that event? Well, I go every year. It is on my calendar immediately. The downtown folks do such a great job. Uh, it, so basically, everybody's got a setting in their window, right? Mm-hmm. And you can walk by, get you some hot chocolate at multiple different spots, shop in the stores, and you walk by and see a, a, a basically a scene from a, a Christmas scene in every window. And I'll just tell you this, Brian, for this for the first year, if you're downtown and you go high in Madison. Hang that left like you're going down to the governor's mansion at 225 Madison. You will see in the window not only the leg lamp, but an entire <laughs> reenactment of the Christmas story of myself and Gussie. It's going to be outstanding, oh, and I can't wait. That is awesome. That That's is great. So- You'll put your eye out, Scott. You know, and it's just such good memories, Scott. I remember I actually, my mom owned a business uh, growing up downtown, and I one of my favorite times, we always uh, did a reenactment in her window, and I remember they played the song, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, and my dad, and, and I wore like little Christmas pajamas, and we did this whole thing, but uh, you know, it's something I like to take my family to every year, and of course, then the Christmas parade is followed up uh, on Saturday, so Huge. very, uh, very exciting times. All right, so Scott, we are preparing for a legislative session uh, here rather quickly and talking to some of my friends who are uh, it, staffers. Um, you know, pre-filing comes up the beginning of December, but really, because of the holiday, they already know what they're pre-filing. They're already, they've had their caucuses, they're geared up, they're ready to go uh, for session um, already. So what can we expect? Uh, are we going to see fireworks right out of the gate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I heard Bill Eigel, a senator from St. Charles, give a speech he wants to eliminate personal property taxes. And, and that's a fine goal, and that's a, that's something a lot of states discuss. His desire is to not replace them with anything. So he, I guess he, I, I kind of respect him for, set, for actually doing the Republican three-step of waste, fraud, and abuse. You know Republicans lying or just, or just giving you a load of bull when they say waste, fraud, and abuse. It's there. Sometimes you find it. Most of the time, it's just an excuse for not having a real plan. Bill Eichel's plan is, no, we're going to cut a bunch of stuff. So, you know, your drainage districts, your ambulance districts, your special policing districts, your schools, he's going to cut them. And I, and I respect the guy that'll just say, no, we're, this is my plan is we're going to, we're going to give you no money. We're going to cut your money. He actually is telling you exactly what he's going to do instead of giving you, you know, some nice sugary thoughts. Now he told, he said in a group, he's not going to wait until April this time. He wants his bill heard in January, February. Now, the way the Senate works, getting it through a committee is going to be tough. A lot of times his bill doesn't make it out of committee. Uh, but if he's going to hold the floor and demand the, a vote on that early in session, that'll come up everything. Mm. I think there'll be a few good things that do happen. IP reform will be a debate. Everybody's for IP reform until they decide what kind of IP reform they, they, they want. So that'll probably be a big fight. And you're going to get the realtors. I mean, look, the realtors have such a, a sway and they're so respected. 
I, I don't, I mean, you know, you don't tug on Superman's cape, you don't spit in the wind, and you don't mess with Sam Licklider, uh, the realtor's man in the Capitol. Uh, I don't think that'll go anywhere again because it's so hard to decide what you're going to change it to. Uh, and But I think I see a bunch of small good government. They think Dean Plocker is going to make it a point to try to get some things done, to have to have a productive last year of his speakership. Um, I think that's going to be kind of his focus, is, making, is showing some results. You'll probably see the House will pass a bunch of tax cuts. This will be a shock. The House will pass a bunch of guns and abortion bills. None of that will go anywhere. There's a thing called the Rural Jobs Initiative that I think could go very far this year. be a great thing for rural Missouri. And, again, it's so funny. Our uh, our suburban friends always want us to vote for all of their stuff, all of their ideas that usually don't add up, that are usually just attention-getting things. But then when they're going to help rural Missouri, oh, no, can't do that. I think you could see another situation of the rural folks being like, vote for us, vote for us, vote for us, and then ghosting rural Missouri. It's just how much of that are rural guys going to take? I mean, how many times are rural Republicans get slapped around by suburban Republicans? I guess Scott, we're up to 7,523,000. Scott, when we had the governor on with us the other morning, we asked him the same thing about the the three tax cuts and all. He didn't sound optimistic about anything coming out of the state house this year. Well, well, look, you know, John, you know, you're you've watched a lot of these come and go. The fact is, you know, what are you going to offset that expense with? People people say run it like a business. Well, right now you had a one time you won the lottery. This is you ever seen those documentaries that people win the lottery then they're bankrupt five years later. Well, that is what the state of Missouri has done. COVID, the, the federal government just poured money on them. And they won essentially the government lottery. And now they've cut taxes and they're going to be bankrupt five years later. And that's what, I mean, exactly. You find your, um, you find your, uh, waitress that hits the lottery and all of a sudden she's got her new bins. She's got her big house all financed, dripping with diamond rings. That's essentially the Republican majority. They, they won the lottery and they bought every bad thing you could buy, cut their revenues. And now five years later, they're going to be bankrupt. They're going to be like, Oh my God, this is the, whose fault was this? Well, it was the fault of poor planning because they're not cutting spending to make up for these tax cuts they've done. To me, tax cuts are a great thing. I'd rather pay less taxes, but let's be honest. How many people noticed the 0.01% of their state taxes that were taken out of their check? I'm going to venture no one. But the bill will come due, and when it comes due, it's going to be a tight time at the state capitol, and some real people are going to suffer. And what's the timeline on that, Scott? When do you think that's going to come to a head? Uh, the governor and Lincoln, Lincoln holding some, Lincoln Huff, the senator of Springfield that does the appropriations, um, he held some money back. The governor vetoed some money. I think they have one more year of, of good times. Then you're going to see kind of a rocky-ish start, uh, as the tax cuts cut in and the, and the, the lottery winnings are, are being spent. Um, so I guess go over to your friend's house that won the lottery in year five, because after year five, it gets pretty dark. There'll be no more shrimp cocktail. It'll be, uh, cheese. It's and uh, cheese. It's and uh, your spray foam cheese. Well, uh, and that's kind of where they're heading. So hey, I say one more year than it happens. That sounds pretty good. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I like know, these. do you see the big political news over the weekend? I am looking at a picture of the Parsons right in front of the restrooms at Bucky's celebrating Bucky's coming to Missouri. Now, Scott, you would strike me as someone who loves a good Bucky's. Have you been? <laughs> I, I have not been to that specific one. I have been. To, I, I am a, a gas station food connoisseur. Uh, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Champ's Chicken. 
Uh, I, 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 but I, I definitely eat at gas stations. That one may be a little rich for my blood, but uh, but I am a gas station food connoisseur, uh, and I and I do love I love a, a good reason to stop and eat on the side of the road. I do as well, and I actually went out of my way on a vacation trip once just so I could say that I'd been to Bucky's. They actually had like the the mascot in there. We took photos, and you're right, it's got tons of food choices. So I know I'm excited for this coming to Missouri. Hannah, have just you been? Cu- I haven't, but I'm just curious, Stephanie. Uh, what makes someone look like they might enjoy going to Bucky's? <laughs> Scott always talks about himself being a hillbilly, and the Bucky's was kind of like a hillbilly gas station if there ever was one. Okay. Right? Well, I absolutely am a hillbilly, and I do love me. Sometimes I don't go to some of the, the, the chain big, big dogs. I'm more of your Sam's Chicken, Chester Fried Chicken, uh, you give me a good bologna sandwich and I'm in, uh, I, I'm, I, but I am absolutely, I look a big part of my day and big, put a big hillbilly smile on my <laughs> hillbilly face is to go eat me some gas station lunch. I, I'm all in. All right. Well, that is going to be all we have time for this morning with you, Scott. We'll be sure and catch up with you next week. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. And Friday at Living Windows, a Christmas story.